Welcome to Let's Open the Bible, where our goal is to open the Bible and look at what it says. For the next few minutes, we will be looking at a passage from one book. We will continue weekly until we finish that book. I'm Tom Nordstrom, and with me is Bill, Casey, and Nate. Welcome to Let's Open the Bible. This is season number three, episode number four. We are in the book of Mark. We're going to be in Mark chapter one, verses 40 through chapter two, verse seven. And with me, I have Nate and Tom, and we're going to do the reading first, and then we will discuss these verses that we've read. Uh, So Mark chapter one, verse 40 through chapter two, verse number seven. And a leper came to Jesus, beseeching him and falling on his knees before him and saying, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Moved with compassion, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately, the leprosy left him, and he was cleansed. And he sternly warned him and immediately sent him away. And he said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded as a testimony to them. But he went out and began to proclaim it freely and to spread the news around to such an extent that Jesus could no longer publicly enter a city, but stayed out in unpopulated areas, and they were coming to him from everywhere. When he had gone back to Capernaum several days afterward, it was heard that he was at home, and many were gathered together so that there was no longer room, not even even near the door, and he was speaking the word to them. And they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men, being unable to go to him because of the crowd, they removed the roof and said to him, sorry, they removed the bo- roof above him, and when they had dug an opening, they let down the pallet on which the paralytic was lying. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said to the, paralyt- said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. But some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why does this man speak that way? He is blaspheming, for who can per- forgive sins but God alone? First thing I see is um, in the leper, he asked, if you will. You know, how many of us in our prayers, when we, when we ask for something, we never, I don't, I don't want to say we never, but we rarely ask if it's his will. We might tack on the end, in Jesus' name, or if it's in your will. But he starts out with, if it's your will, you can make me clean. Um, a couple things I notice here is that Jesus, the, the attitude that Jesus has towards this leper, um, first of all, he has compassion, he's moved with compassion, and then he uh, stretched out his hand and he touched him. Um, and <clears throat> stretching out your hand and touching a leper would have been, you know, you don't do that. Um, like Casey preached a lesson this Sunday and he talked about how he went to the old law. I don't, I don't remember what Old Testament was it. Leviticus 13 and 14. Leviticus 13 and 14 talks about the old law for uh, lepers. And by the way, if you don't know, leprosy is this horrible disease where your skin rots and falls off. And it's, it's horrible. And it was highly contagious. And so they took these lepers and they put them out, 
outside of the city. They had to stay kind of in their own camp outside of the city. And anytime they came around people, they had to cover their mouth with their hand and yell, unclean, unclean, unclean. They were they were outcasts. I mean, like like you've never seen an outcast before. They were so outcast. And they were certainly not touched by any means. But Jesus touched this guy. Um, and I remember um, whenever we were talking about this in school, this was really, uh, it meant a lot to me. It really moved me. Uh, because if you put yourself in this guy's shoes, uh, touch physical touch is so important. Um, and maybe we we don't think about it because we're you know we're not lepers and we we get touched and but it's so important. Imagine never having been touched, or how long has it been since this guy's been touched by another human being? And imagine the the feeling that he would have. Um, the, the serotonin release, you could say, whenever Jesus puts his hand on him. I mean, that would have been an amazing feeling that he hasn't had in, in a very, very long time. So Jesus touching him is very uh, significant to this story, and it shows how compassionate Jesus really is. Um, you also see the idea that Jesus, you know, he cleansed him, but he still needed to go to the priest to show that he was cleansed. And the same thing happens in Luke chapter 17. Um, that was ceremonial. That was part of the old law. And at this point, we are still under the old law. And so in order to be fully cleansed, to be introduced back into society, um, this man was to show himself to the priest. Also, you see the fact of, and this is seen elsewhere in the Gospels. Um, Jesus telling this man to not tell anybody, but go his way and keep silent about it. Um, and that is to really fulfill Jesus's ministry and not to not so that people would not come to Jesus just strictly for the purpose of being healed. Um, he wanted them to actually have faith and to actually want to be involved in his ministry. And so there's some reasoning behind that. Some might think that it's kind of weird that Jesus said, hey, don't tell anybody about this. But Jesus knew that his fame would spread regardless and also... Um, just so that people want to come to him just to be physically healed. I think we see another reason right here that this Jesus says, don't tell anyone. Uh, we see this guy decided to go out and tell people anyway. Um, and his news, this, the news of this was spread around so much in verse 45 that Jesus could no longer publicly enter a city, but he had to stay out in unpopulated areas because crowds were coming to him from everywhere. So, it, this is kind of putting a, uh, I don't want to say a damper, but in, you know, it seems like in Jesus' mind, he wants to be able to go into the city and preach freely um, without the worrying about the crowds coming to him. And we see it goes down into the next uh, account where there wasn't even room at the door. Um, and I think, you know, it seems like what you're saying, there's people were just coming to be healed maybe, and uh, he wasn't able to preach because there was just hordes of people around him just wanting the you know the free food or the, the healing but Jesus was on a a different mission he was there to preach and it seems like these crowds of people almost i hate to say it you see you think today you think man crowds of people that's a good thing but to Jesus this was people that was kind of you know putting him off a little bit and making him go the wrong direction because they were keeping him from doing what he was wanting to do which was preach and so um, the crowds of people for Jesus, at least at this point, because he knew people's hearts and some of them weren't there for the right reasons, almost was a, a negative thing rather than a positive. We, we see in the Gospel of John that Jesus actually makes that 
accusation to these people. He's like, did you guys come here for the free meal? This was after, it was either after he fed the 3,000 or after he's fed the 5,000 in the Gospel of John. He's like, are you guys here just for the free meal? You're only here because of that. And if all we're doing is following Christ because of material blessings we think we're going to get from him, we have the wrong idea. You know, it, it's, uh, you know, it, it goes back to what I, um, you guys were just saying that he couldn't preach the word. There were so many people wanting to be healed. And we all, we all want to be healed from whatever diseases we have or whatever aches and pains that we have. We all want that healing. But the healing that Christ was, was giving was a spiritual healing and we weren't these people apparently weren't focused on that and oftentimes I don't think we are either you know just imagine if as many people came to Jesus for spiritual healing as came for physical you know people that you couldn't even come to the door you know imagine if as many people came to uh, a church setting or a congregation to hear the good news of Jesus as these people here that couldn't even get to the door but we don't think about it like that we think about the physical rather than the spiritual and that's the whole point here is jesus is trying to get these people to think about the spiritual over the physical you know yes they are physically ill jesus can take care of that but jesus can also do much more than that he can take care of a spiritual sickness that nothing else can heal and so we as well today you know the sermon that i just preached the auto is on our website if you want to listen but the the application is we're all sick with sin, but Jesus can provide that healing, and he will step in. He has stepped in and done that, and he took drastic measures to do it. You think about this, uh, Jesus touching this man that had never been touched before, hadn't been touched in a really long time because he was leprous. Uh, that was a drastic measure, but Jesus is also taking a drastic measure with us by dying on the cross for our sins so that we can have that healing that he can provide. Uh, I think we see... You know, we're talking about the difference in physical healing and spiritual healing. And that's what we see in this very next account is this guy comes in to be healed physically. And Jesus, it seems for a moment, he kind of ignores the the physical healing. Um, and it, this guy is paralyzed. He's laying on a pallet, this very dramatic scene. He's lowered down through the roof. And it seems that Jesus just misses or doesn't miss it, but he ignores that. Um and in chapter 2, verse 5, he says, your sins are forgiven. Um, well, we have this paralyzed guy, and Jesus doesn't even <laughs> note that he's paralyzed. He forgives his sins. Later, he heals him um, in chapter 2, verse 9, after he makes a point about the fact that he can forgive sins. Um, and he uses that to prove that he is the Son of God. In chapter 2, verse 9, then he says, um, take up your pallet and walk. Or wait, where does he say take up your pallet and walk? No, oh, 2 verse 11. Um, and he does that. And so, anyway, I think there, there's something to be said there about Jesus is, uh, it doesn't mean he doesn't care about our physical, our physical well-being, because he does. We see in, you know, the book of James, we see that prayer is powerful, and prayer can heal us physically. And so God is concerned about our physical well-being. However, our spiritual health is, is so much more, um, important to to God, and, and we're not promised physical health, uh, but God does promise us if we um, put our faith in Him and if we follow Him and obey Him, our spiritual healing. You know, I um, 
I wonder how often when we are ill for whatever reason, I mean, even if it's just a common cold or common flu, and we pray for healing, but we don't go to study God's word, you know, and just take that time to focus on our spiritual well-being and not focus on our, our spiritual or our physical well-being. You know, it's interesting, as Nate said, that Jesus first said, your sins are forgiven. I'm just kind of wondering, because there, there are a couple times that Jesus says that, you know, this person is this way for the glory of God, not because of anything he had done, or anything, but at the same time, um, I once heard a sermon um, about leprosy and how it was often used by God to prove to the children of Israel that you're not in the right relationship with me. You need to clean up your act. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I see that here, especially with this leprous man, but also this paralytic here. You know, this man, he had the faith enough. They couldn't get through the door, and so he had some friends of his, whoever this was, it doesn't exactly say, but lower him down through the roof. And so because of that faith and because Jesus knows his heart, um, Jesus, uh, for one, forgave his sins, but also healed him uh, from being a paralytic. Um. Whenever we look at this story of this man being lowered through the roof, it's really interesting. Um, and a couple, or one specific thing, is in chapter 2, verse 5. Well, starting in chapter 2, verse 3, there's this paralytic, and his friends are carrying him. And that becomes significant in a moment. And they, they couldn't get in the door because of the crowd, so they took him up on the roof. And then they dug a hole in the roof, probably like a mud. I mean, who knows what that would have looked like. I guess I'm not an archaeologist or a historian. Probably like a mud hut or, or you know, something like that. Um, and they lowered him down. And then in chapter 2, verse 5, Jesus, seeing their faith, said to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven. So it was, it was not the faith of the, that man necessarily, but it was the faith of the friends. Um, it seems whenever you trace these pronouns back, it's their faith, the face of the faith of all of these people, including these four men. Um, so there's something to be said here about does the you know our friends and the people that were around are important, um, and they they will either take us closer to Jesus or further away from Jesus. But that I would say that's not to say that someone else's faith can make you whole, um, and I think that's an important point to make as well. It's not. Jesus knew this man's heart. So, yes, their faith, the faith of those other individuals put him in this position, but also this man had to have faith, and apparently he did, because Jesus would not have just forgiven his sins if he would not have had faith. And Jesus, knowing his heart, can make that decision. You know, we can't know that on our own. But somebody else's faith cannot make us whole. Um, we, that is a very, faith is a very personal thing. Um, it's a choice you have to make. And so let's not get the wrong assumption that someone else's faith, your parents' faith, your brother's faith, your cousin's faith can make you whole as well. You can't depend on that. You have to make the decision on your own. You know, uh, on that point, you know, we had this past Easter, we had a face painting, and it was rather humorous because Nate did some too. And I can do artwork fairly well. And 
I can't give Nate any of my talent uh, for doing that. I can't give Casey any of that talent. Um, as much as I may want to, I can't do it. In the same way, I can't give you my faith. I, I can't. I can encourage you to become more faithful. I can encourage you to become more artistic. I can do the encouragement, but I can't give you what I have. You know, I can teach you what I know, but I can't give you what I have. And this back to what Nate was saying. You know, he said when he saw their faith, that there is all encompassing. It's not just the friend's faith, which I've heard him sermon on that it was the friends of the the faith of the friends but it was also the paralytic who had who had to have faith he had to convince his friends that hey i've heard this guy he's done some really good things let's go there and so they had to all five of them you know doesn't say how many friends he had but all of them had to have the same amount of faith Yeah, I I think there's another lesson right in here is Jesus saw their faith. Uh, there's this whole movement that, you know, faith is is this something on the inside and we just believe in Jesus and that that is what um you know brings us salvation or or you know whatever that whole type of thinking is. But what we see here is action is very very connected with faith. Um it wasn't Jesus just, you know, he didn't just feel their faith, but he saw their faith. And what the implication that we can make is faith leads to action. Um, faith leads to something that you can see. And so, you know, we might claim that we have faith, and that's one thing, but can Jesus, can Jesus see our faith? Are we doing things and saying things and acting in a way that my faith is visible? And if it's not, uh, then we might not really have any faith. I think another thing that we see here in this account is the opposition that Jesus was already facing um, this early on in this ministry. Um, the scribes here, you know, they're questioning him and they don't see that Jesus and God, you know, have the same mission, are the same, are part of the Godhead. And so some of these people will never see that because they have a closed mind to the truth. They're going to be constantly in opposition. And that's already seen here in Mark chapter two. Um, this is early on in Jesus's ministry, but some people you know, all the way to his crucifixion are just adamantly against Jesus and what he's doing because they can't see it. They won't see it. Um, I'm not exactly sure the reason, but they, their mind is close to the truth. And when someone's mind is close to the truth, they're going to be opposed to it. You know, when, when we come up against something that goes against what we believe, we are more adamant about how untrue it is. Um, it's not, it's not that um, we embrace all new ideas, because we don't. We learn new ideas, and it's like, well, no, this, this is wrong for various reasons, or this is right because it agrees with me. And the, the more it offends me, the harder I'm going to fight against it. Unless I have a, okay, I need to learn something and then I can be more open to it. But one of the things that we saw uh, earlier that Jesus came preaching with authority and these scribes and Pharisees apparently weren't teaching with any authority. They were just 
you must do this, you must do this, you must do this. And Jesus is saying, I say this, this is how, this is how you not murder somebody. You know, you don't hate them. This is how you don't commit adultery. You don't look at another woman. This is how you don't, you know, spread lies. You, you don't even let your yes be yes and your no be no. Just whatever you say, that's what's going to happen. Um, and to Nate's point about faith being backed up by actions, it, um, in our first uh, book we went through, James says, faith without works is dead. If you don't back up your faith with action, you don't really believe. You know, you, you can believe in something all you can say you believe in something all you want, but that don't make it so. Um we see in this these two stories, we see Jesus heals the leprous man, and then Jesus heals the uh paralytic. And we see kind of this a similar reaction here that we see from previous chapter or previous um, accounts, and it has to do with how these people reacted. Um, and we see whenever he heals the leprous man, news about him spreads everywhere. Um, we see that this man beseeched him. He fell on his knees, and he's treating Jesus as someone who has authority. Um, and then his the news about Jesus spreads everywhere. Then we see down after he heals this other man, uh, the lep or sorry, the paralytic lowered down through the roof. We're kind of getting outside of the the verses that we're supposed to cover today. But the reaction to this is in chapter two, verse ten. Jesus says, "The Son of Man has authority on earth to to forgive sins." Um, and then all the people in chapter two, verse twelve, were amazed. So we see he has authority, and people are amazed. He has authority. And then the news about him spreads everywhere. And that parallels with back in chapter, earlier in chapter 1, they were amazed at the authority of his teaching. And then they were amazed at the authority that he had over the uh, demonic realm whenever he was casting out demons. So we see this, these same two elements, amazed at his authority and news about him spreading everywhere. We've seen it pretty much four times now in just the first chapter in Mark and getting into the second chapter. And it seems that Mark is building a case that in the, in the first couple chapters that Jesus is someone that needs to be paid attention to. He has authority. News about him is spreading. People are amazed. So as the reader reads Mark, we need to be thinking, wow, you know, this Jesus guy, there's something to him. We need to be really paying attention to him. He's He's got authority. Um, and these people are amazed. And we need to... Um, Mark is, is building this case that Jesus is a credible, what he's doing is credible. Um, you know, one thing we need to do, we, we three sitting here, we have all been raised in the Bible. And we might need to re-go through these books with fresh eyes and take a look really closely. You know, I don't know how many times I've gone through the book of Mark. I don't know how many times I've gone through the book of Mark, and I never really noticed that everything, at least in the first chapter, is immediately this happens, immediately this happens. And, you know, that we see it again here, and didn't read it, but in verse 8 it says, and immediately Jesus perceived in their spirit. 
Immediately the leper was healed. Immediately the demon left the demonica. Immediately uh, Peter and Simon, or Simon and Andrew left their father. Immediately John, you know, left their father and came. Everything happens now with authority. So I don't know that I have anything else. I should be good. All right. Well, that is going to be our podcast today. We thank you for joining us. Um, we have talked a lot about Jesus healing and the power that he has. Um, we've talked a lot about it in the physical world that he has power over the physical world, the demonic world. He has power over nature. He has power over these diseases. Um, and as you read this, or as you hear this podcast, we hope what you're thinking is, man, Jesus can solve my problems too. And he can, he can solve the ultimate problem, that sin. And so as you're, you're hearing this, we hope that this sparks some interest in you and, and causes you to ask some deeper questions. And we hope that you will reach out to us and talk to us about um, what we can do to connect you to uh, Jesus. And we would be so happy to do that. We will see you in the next one. We thank you for listening. Uh, see you later. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of the Let's Open the Bible podcast. If you have any questions or if you want to talk about the next steps in your faith journey uh, or you are interested in receiving the daily Bible verse over text that corresponds to the content of this podcast, reach out to us at openthebible2022 at gmail.com and we will get back with you. Uh, We thank you for listening and we will catch you on the next one. Have a good day.